you could, if you could swing on him and kill him down there, do it. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is going to be a great three-part series on elk calling with Steve Chapel of Chapel Guide Service and Chapel Hunting Productions. Steve is probably the best all-around elk caller that I know, and he does a phenomenal job in this three-part series going through the different sounds that he makes. We're going to cover mouth calling with diaphragms. We're going to call... Uh, cover external read uh, calling with uh, his trophy wife and matriarch uh, cow calls, external read calls, and we're going to cover bugling. And he's going to demonstrate all of the calls, and we're going to talk about specifics and things that he's doing with his lips, with his mouth, with his tongue, uh, and, and how he's making these calls and the thought process he uses. Uh, so this is going to be an unbelievable three-part series. I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, you hear at the beginning of this podcast some uh, bugling frenzy, just chaotic uh, cow calling and bugling and, and chaos. This is from one of Steve's hunts uh, off of his Extreme Bulls 8 uh, DVDs. And uh, you can go on his website, chapelguideservice.com and order the DVDs uh, right off of his website. You can also order all of the calls that we'll be talking about uh, directly off of his website, chapelguideservice.com. I want to thank him for spending a good couple of hours here with us um, explaining exactly how he makes some of these sounds. I know you guys are going to love it and uh, it's just going to be awesome. I want to remind you guys, uh, we've got GoHunt.com Insider as the title sponsor of this podcast. If you're not an Insider member, you can go to GoHunt.com Insider, click on the blue Join Now button. You can get a $50 Kuyu gift card right away for signing up or a $50 Sportsman's Warehouse gift card right away for signing up. Uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. Also, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix, the Optics Authority, is a, a, if you use the J. Scott promo code, you get a 10% discount at everything there at the Outdoorsman's. Uh, real Game Calls, uh, the Elk Reel, uh, uh, 50 or 60 people have contacted me telling me how much uh, they've just absolutely loved the call. They're excited to use it this elk season. Uh, and you use uh, the J. Scott promo code, you get a 20% discount on all calls over at uh, theelkreel.com or realgamecalls.com. And then, of course, phone scope. If you use J. Scott 16 uh, at phone scope, you get a 10% discount uh, of all products at phone scope. So, guys, I want to uh, thank you for listening to this podcast, and I would. Uh, inc highly encourage you to support the sponsors that support this podcast and make it possible. I know a lot of you do. I get emails every day from from listeners saying, uh, telling me about the different products that they've bought from these sponsors and uh, how much they're enjoying them. And uh, just thank you for all the positive comments. Uh, if you haven't, please go on iTunes and uh, leave a, a, a honest rating uh, and review uh, those help my placement on iTunes 
and uh, we're just uh, finished. Uh, August was the biggest download month I've, I've had in the history of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast, and that is only possible from you guys, the great overpouring, outpouring of support that I get uh, from you guys. I want to hear about your hunting excursions this fall. Uh, if you're on Instagram, you can tag me, um, uh, J. Scott Outdoors or J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Uh, and I just uh, appreciate you guys so much, and I look forward to sharing uh, my hunts with you this fall and all the encounters that I have. So let's have a great fall 2016 season. Uh, let's give it 110% effort, and uh, uh, just thanks for all the support. Let's get right to this three-part series with Steve Chapel of Chapel Guide Service. Good. Um, can you blow that call again? Just a few, few notes for me. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean about our wives. Wouldn't it be something if they could make a call like this and there would be no doubt? And we, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they'd use it all the time. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> And Jay, by contrast, and how I blow a normal cow call on a mouth read or a, you know, a normal three-dimensional sweet cow call on an open read, when I use that call, it flies completely in the face of how I blow these other calls. I blow it often, loudly, and frequently. I've heard people say, yeah, this guy bugles every time his left foot hits the ground. Well, when I blow this call, I'm wailing away with it. Basically, just like that, would like in the woods, would you blow it that many times or more? Absolutely. And but what I don't do is I don't move, like, like, let's say, for instance, that a bull's bedded down in the afternoon and he has maybe just started bugling. The mistake would be to sneak in on that bull, get a hundred yards away, and wail away on a sequence like that. That's not how you would want to do that. If you were going to sneak in on that bull, you would want to, and I think you are absolutely the best at this, sneak in, get close to him, and just baby talk him. Just blow nice, easy, little, sweet cow calls. That's what he wants to hear when he's in that state of just getting up from being bedded down and just starting to bugle. So when I'm blowing this call, by contrast, I'm not going to sneak in and all of a sudden hammer him with that I'm going to start from a distance a long ways away and I'm going to walk in blowing it and warm him up to it, so to speak. So he's hearing it from a long ways away. And if he doesn't initially like it and not bugle back to it, then obviously that's not what he wants to hear. So I'm going to stop and I'm going to, then I'm going to move in tight and I'm going to you know, sweet talk him rather than that. But if, if he's bugling to it, like say from a half a mile away, I'm just going to bring the show to him. I'm just going to walk right at him with the wind correct, and I'm just going to wail away on it. And it seems like the closer I get to him, if he's in the right frame of mind for it, he's going to get up and just start charging toward me. And it it can be dramatic how quickly they cut the distance down. You know, they can be 600 yards away, and next thing you know, you're dropping down, getting set up with him charging in on you. Steve, what have you found, like, when you're doing that, 
are they bugling and bugling and bugling or do they, you know, are they, what's their reaction typically? Yeah. Most of the time they're like a, like a gobbler just losing their mind. <laughs> gobbling <laughs> their brains out. Yeah. They're coming and they are bugling frequently. And then what it seems to do is it seems to just create excitement out there in the woods and there'll be bulls that you didn't even know were there that start chiming in. And a lot of times you'll have a train wreck with two or three bulls that come into it. <laughs> and, and that call, that, that, uh, demanding mew, that estrus mew, that chapel scream, uh, whatever you want to call it, you feel that that estrus excited, uh, orange reed with the thickness of the latex and, and the, the design of the plate and everything, that is the best call that you can make that sound. Yeah. With. It's the best one for me personally. I'm not saying that I can't make it on other calls. But I feel like it just is in the sweet spot. It's it's in the wheelhouse for making that sound exactly how I want to make it for me personally. Okay, yeah, it's that's a, definitely an awesome sound. I remember the first time that you used it that I know of on film was I believe you had a seven east or west tag, oh. and it was coming down to the end. And Gary Stanley said. Um, <laughs> start blowing that call and you're like you think and he said yeah and you did and that bull came in right man jay that's that's awesome that you bring that up because that you're exactly right that's the first time on video i'd used it before but not right there in front of the camera and what happened was is we had um the, the hunt was slow overall to start with there just was it wasn't a good bugling hunt and it was in seven east and we finally got a bull to bugle. I, I bugled and got a bull to bugle up the hill from us, probably close to three quarters of a mile away. So we started hiking up toward him, and he just got super quiet. I mean, to the point where you're thinking, is he even still wanting to play the game, or what's he doing? So I started cow calling a little bit, and he just completely shut up. And I found a lot of times that herd bulls will do that to you as you're moving in. If you call on your way in, they'll completely shut up on you. And that's what he did. And, and Gary looks at me and he says, what do you have to lose? Bust that call out and start, start blowing it. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, thanks for the vote of confidence. Let's, let's do it. So I get that call out and I just start walking toward the direction that we heard the first bugle and start blowing it. And I'll be doggone if not right away that bull starts bugling at it. And like I was saying a minute ago, I just walked straight at him with the wind right. And, and I'm telling you, the closer I got, the more excited his bugles became. And and then it was just a hurried setup right there at the end. And and he just came rushing in, glunking everything. I mean, he was totally sold on it. And uh, and I made a shot. Uh, there's a big story about that. Not the best shot I've ever made in my life. But thanks to a great, gracious sportsman named Charlie Rust, who I, I, I owe a great debt of gratitude to this day, I was able to get that bull back eventually, but yeah, that was the first time on video in a very dramatic fashion that a bull came into that. And then I'm convinced he was a herd bull because when we came back the next day to track him, that this shot happened in the evening and I knew it wasn't a perfect shot. So we, you know, played it safe and left him overnight. There were cows right there on the scene of where this happened. And it was like they were confused and didn't know you know, where he was or what was going on. So I'm totally convinced that he was with those cows, left those cows to come into that sound. Awesome. Awesome. And it's uh, <clears throat> something that I think takes some practice. Um, I think you guys can go on and, and check out Steve's videos 
Um, he's got some great um, videos of him doing that. You can listen to this over and over. And, and uh, you know, if you can sound like that and blow it at the right time, I think it's going to bring in uh, a lot of bulls for you and you, you're going to have a lot of success. Okay, Steve, I want to make sure we covered everything on uh, the cow calling. Uh, I know you're going to talk about your your closer and your challenge um, reads uh, here for bugling. Um, you and I both are cow callers. Um, you know, if we had to categorize ourselves, we're cow callers, we're lovers, we're not fighters. Um, right. We've had way more success sweet-talking bulls as opposed to getting in their face and, and uh, you know, blowing the door down. But uh, let's talk about bugling. Um, you blow a really nice bugle. Um, you've got a really nice locational or kind of a contact bugle. Um, and then you've also got lip balls. You, you, you do all sorts of things. I'm curious your thoughts of bugling, um, you know, and maybe talk about how you use the bugle, um, you know, just to get bulls to, to answer. Um, maybe demonstrate some bugles here for us. Yeah, you bet. And I agree wholeheartedly. You know, our mindset is we're, we're kind of lovers versus fighters and, you know, right or wrong. That's just how we approach it. Um, there's some great buglers who have success with that. I use it more in limited circumstances. Um, I will use it to locate. I'll also use cow calling to locate as well. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, we always want to name calls so, so that everybody's familiar with what they've heard. Um, this would be, you know, a, a contact or a location bugle. And it's just kind of a, a nice, easy bugle. Again, like if you were to equate it to cow calling, it would just be what I would call just a standard cow call. Um, this is just a, a standard contact bugle, nothing too aggressive. You're just trying to get a bull to sound off and answer back to you. It's going to sound something like this. What what call is it, Steve? Which, uh, which I, I've read? got the closer, the red tape okay. read. Yeah, that that double. something like that again I'm not putting hard tongue pressure I'm not being forceful or aggressive with it I'm, I'm just being nice and you know saying here I am over here again I'll demonstrate it again and you notice I didn't even do the growl at the beginning I honestly I don't hear a lot of bulls doing that growl at the beginning it's more of they just break right into a tone would you agree with that Jay yeah and I I think it's probably the single biggest mistake people make when they're bugling is you've we've always been taught this growl and then hit the high pitch and then back to the growl yeah. where the the best success I have bugling is when I start right into a high pitch um, I mean I know you and I have talked about it before when you've heard me bugle um, it's just, that's just the way I do it. And I just think growl, high growl is not the way I hear bulls do it. I either hear them. Yeah. Uh, usually you just hear high pitch down to the, to the growl personally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'll equate it to going back to the cow call and saying it's the human double clutch, so to speak, in bugling when you do the growl, high growl at the end, it's the double clutch cow call <laughs> that we yeah. all recognize. So, like you said, Jay, they, they just they just go into a high note when they're when they're high note bugling, and then there's just that cutoff at the end, which basically I just abruptly take my tongue off the reed and stop the airflow. And you know, if you can hear it in the bugle, I'll demonstrate it again. It's like this. 
and it's just by dropping your tongue off the reed and put activating your vocal cords a little bit into the sound as well. And the only reason I realize that there's a little bit of a vocal cord aspect of it at the end is because uh, there was a time when I lost my voice one time and I was trying to bugle and it just sounded really windy and there was no depth to it at the end. So I realized at that point that you do, whether you realize it or not, you put a little bit of vocal cord into it at the end, although not in my opinion, a growl per se. For sure. So that's kind of what you do to just get a bull to bugle back, just to see what's around, just to try and get an answer, kind of feel for what's what's shaking out there. Yeah, it, exactly. And then, um, you know, the next level that people talk about, and again, you know, not not trying to name calls, but to make it familiar for people, um, would be what a lot of people call a challenge bugle, and it's it's more of an aggressive, emotional bugle. Again, it's going to be just that high pitch sound, but it's going to have a lot more emotion in it. It's going to be higher pitched, and it, it, you're just going to hear the difference in emotion, and I'll, I'll demonstrate that right now. Okay, you can see there's more volume. It's a higher pitch. It just... You can tell, just like I was talking about earlier with cow calling, you can hear that different emotion in there, and that's what you're looking for. When would you use that call, Steve? I I would use that, and I, I did actually use this on a bull last year in Unit 9. He was a bull that had cows. I actually saw him with the cows, and then he just he went just out of sight, and I did my typical trying to call him in with cow calls, Jay, and he would bugle, but I could tell he was going away. And then I switched to a mouth diaphragm and I did a little higher pitch cow call on it and I got him to bugle. And the minute he bugled back, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I jumped on him with that bugle and he turned away from his cows and came from about 200 yards away, left his cows and came into that. Lost his mind like, you little pipsqueak, I'm going to come over there and whip your butt. Exactly. How dare you, you know, he might have had the mindset that, you know, one of his cows happened to get, you know, left out and was not in, not in the harem anymore. And when he heard me cow call and he heard me cutting him off with that bugle, it, it, it just, it just ticked him off. He couldn't take it. You know, I think something needs to be said there that just like humans, you know, elk have their own personalities and there's some elk that at the drop of, just like people at the drop of a hat, they want to fight. Absolutely. And then there's there's people that, you know, you can kind of push on them a little bit yep. and they're still going to try and not fight. And then, you know, finally you can get them to fight. And then there's people that it doesn't matter what you do to them. They're not going to fight you. I, I believe that 100 percent. And I've seen that year after year in the Elkwoods. And I always say in Arizona specifically, sometimes you'll have bulls running a harem that are three, three twenty, three thirty, three ten in their score. And, and I believe that's because of their temperament. They're a super aggressive fighter type of bull, just like with a human, a fighter mentality. And then you can have a bull that's a satellite bull that's a 350, 360 bull. He's got a beautiful, pretty rack that, of course, the cows would you know look at and admire, but he just doesn't have that mean, angry temperament in him. Yeah, I mean, and just like... Uh... You know, bulls that sound big and tough, and all of a sudden you get up there and it's, you know, a 310 yeah. bull that's, you know, and then there's a 350 standing off to the side, you know, with a pretty bugle and, yeah, and pretty. he's do docile and feeding. Yeah. Um, where, you know, you can get, you know, 
little guys that are just tougher nails and they want to fight just because they like it. And then you got some big six foot four guy that's, you know, got muscles and everything else. And he's just a gentle giant. Yeah. And it does go back to that in the elk woods. Absolutely. With, with how they bugle, how they respond to cow calls, whether they're running a harem or not. And the beautiful thing for us as hunters is, you know, we can, those satellite bulls are ripe for the picking. And many times it blows you away what will come in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so now you've got chuckling and grunting yes. and some of that stuff. Um, at what point do you, do you, do you become a chuckler and, and, and do that? Um, for me, that's um, typically never. <laughs> <laughs> but you're very good at it, though. Here's the thing. I think if somebody practices, and to me, it's the hardest call in all of elk calling. I think it's even harder than that extra scream sound. I really do. I, I think it's the call that's going to take the most practice, the most attention to, and unfortunately, I think it's going to yield the fewest results. So I don't know that a guy does himself well by spending a lot of time practicing on it when he should be practicing cow calling. But anyway, it really, it comes down to a two part call. And I just came upon this maybe within the last year or two that really the first part of it is very similar to a bark. Um, and of course you don't want to stop with just a bark because that's an alarm sound. Um, but you're, but you're blowing very forcefully out on the latex um, with your tongue against the reed, and it's going to make this sound initially. This is the first part of the call, Jay. Okay, that's just basically a bark. But then the second part of the call, I'm breathing a deep breath of air back in with my tongue actually not on the reed at all. And it's, it's making the second part of the call, and, and I'll do it slow at first, and then I'll speed it up a little bit. And then, so in other words, the second part of that call, you're, you're breathing back in. You're not blowing out. You're sucking back exactly. in. Exactly. Again, it sounds like this. That, that's exactly it. And the hard part when you're breathing back in, you almost have to kind of grip the call in your mouth and kind of clamp your close your mouth down because you can suck that diaphragm right down your throat if you're not careful about it um, and, and, and which is not which is not recommended exactly it might, <laughs> might take you out of the elk woods to the hospital so, um, the the real difference to me because you hear people talk about chuckling and grunting really the difference to me is the, is the frequency of it and the and, and the speed of it and, and, and to me, chuckling hits a, hits a higher note and it's faster and they do it more times. So this, this to me is what a chuckle sounds like. Okay. And then a grunt would be more like this. And I'm going to, what I'll do with the grunt, Jay, is I'll do a lip ball because it just gets me more in the groove of being able to do a grunt because when I hear bulls doing grunting, they more frequently follow up a lip ball with grunting as opposed to chuckling. So it's going to sound like this in a, in a full bugle. Let me do that again.
like that. The, I hear, the, you know, bulls, when the, they do come off of a lip ball, they're more more apt to do, you know, that deep grunt and do it just two or three times as opposed to the chuckling, which got, has the faster cadence to it. Yeah, I was going to say, I could hear the slow, I could hear the grunt being slower and the chuckle is more of a, <laughs> almost like an ape, like you say. Absolutely. Yeah, like an ape going after it. So you would do what you would call a challenge bugle and a chuckle together, and then you would do a lip ball and a grunt together. So show me or demonstrate the uh, kind of your challenge bugle into a chuckle. Okay, here we go. That would be, yeah, the challenge bugle going into chuckling, and then this would be the lip ball going into grunting. That would be the difference right there. Good stuff right there. That's really good, good quality sounds. Um, you're a lover, not a fighter, though. Yeah, absolutely. Overall, I'm 99% a lover. Like I said in the very beginning, you know, your podcast with Joel Turner really intrigued me. And I'm going to be interested to try that out a little more now that I know what I'm supposed to be saying. Um, you know, that bull calling cow sound um, to me is basically that that lip ball sound. And, and again, it's like this starts out starts out in a high note and then it goes into that vibrating basically you're vibrating your lips to get that sound and then you're cutting it off abruptly and it's a fairly quick call like this with no chuckling no grunting at the end just like that and some people I believe call it a, a display bugle it's like you're showing off to the cows you're you're blowing a pretty, you know, awesome sounding bugle that's got that, you know, lip ball characteristic in it. And um, yeah, I, 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 I do notice that when I've blown that near a herd bull with cows, it definitely gets a reaction out of them. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear how your experience is trying that new little trick this year um, in Arizona and in Colorado, both uh, both places where you elk hunt, and um, it'd be interesting to see after the season if you think that uh, uh, you know it works like you think it will. Yeah, we'll hold Joel's feet to the fire on it, right, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's a fun one to hold to the fire. He's a he's a he's a great caller in his own right, um, and uh, just a phenomenal guy. Uh, Man, we've covered a lot of ground today. Um, just trying to think if we've forgotten anything. Um, you know, the only other thing that I can think of as far as bull vocalizations would be like, you know, raking in a tree, glunking, that type of, type of stuff where you're really not doing it with a call or your, or your vocal cords or your air, so to speak. Um, Let's talk about that. Um, glunking, for one, is a sound... Um, you, you okay glunking for me is a sound primarily that i think a bull uses when he does not want to let other bulls know 
that he's around and he wants to herd and tend his cows passively. And he's actually glunking, talking to his cows with his glunk and not trying to give off his location as to attract satellite bulls. That's my interpretation. I, I would agree that that is the most accurate way of thinking about it. Yes, because if he's very vocal and he's bugling, he, he, he's going to attract, it's like flies to stink. If he's, if he's bugling a lot, that's a tip off. In fact, when I'm in the elk woods, if I hear a bull bugling aggressively and frequently, I go, that's a bull with cows right there. And I yeah. can guarantee you other elk know that even more so. So you're exactly right. He's being more subtle about it. He's tending his cows, talking quietly to him by, by doing that glunking. But I will also say that I have called in bulls that are by themselves. Yes. And they are coming to the call. Yep. And they are glunking. But what I feel like they're saying is, I'm coming. I'm coming. I just don't necessarily want to bugle and get my butt kicked, but I'm coming. I, you hear me, but I don't want anyone else to come over here and spoil our little love <laughs> session. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had that happen frequently. Sometimes bulls even come in completely without bugling and just glunking. Um, so I think, yeah, it serves that purpose of not advertising that you're coming to you to the other bulls. And, and then also it, it seems to kind of be a confidence call that they make. Um, yeah. Dominant, and- real confident type call. Yeah, and but I've also seen five points doing yeah. it. And but what I think is, yeah, they're feeling confident because they hear you cow calling and they think you're the only one around. So they're gonna show the most dominant, you know, confident display they can without giving away their location. I've heard people say that only mature herd bulls glunk, and I just totally disagree. Yeah, I wouldn't I, say I, only mature herd bulls. I, I would say spikes don't do it. But, but you are right, um, you know, a, kind of an aggressive five-point or a three-year-old six-point can absolutely glunk, yes. Do you um, have the ability to glunk? I mean, I, I, I've, um, the old Primos tube, yeah. uh, I used to be able to glunk right. that Terminator. Um, do you ever glunk? You know, Jay, I don't, to be completely honest with you. Um, I, I have used it. I will say that I have used it very, very infrequently, and it's only when I feel like I have nothing to lose. I've thrown the whole tackle box at the bull. I've cow called to him. I've estrus called to him. I've bugled, and I can't get him to break away. Um, that might be my last thing that I go to. Um, so I don't do it frequently. Um, and you're right, that, that, that old Primo's ter- Terminator hose was very good for doing it. I used to bugle, and I should have mentioned this earlier, I used this bully bull grunt tube by Bugle and Bull Game Calls or Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. Um, I think it's phenomenal. I think just like the design of an open read cow call, the type of grunt tube that you use makes a huge difference in the quality of the sound you get when bugling. So I'm very partial to the bully bull grunt tube. Um, But I can by, like, stiffening my hand, the palm of my hand, you know, as if I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know what you would say, but I'm pointing all of my fingers straight out in a fairly rigid position, and then I'm tapping the end of the call in the palm of my hand and getting a sound like this. Something like that. And it, that, again, it doesn't to me reflect how three-dimensional actually glunking from a bull sounds. 
Um, but again, it's not a highly important call on my on my list of or, or in my tackle box. So I'm not bringing a special grunt tube with me to do it. <laughs> For sure. Um, and you've got all those other sounds. Um, yes. It just tells me that you don't feel that as a caller, that's that important of a sound to have to have. Yeah, I, I have seen that if you do it to the wrong bull, which is usually most bulls out there, it for whatever reason conveys to them that you are a very confident bull. And it tends to me to make them shut up and go away more so than come in. At least the times that... The times that I've used it is when I've been very, very close to them. It's a bull with cows, a, a very aggressive yeah. bull, and you're really tight, and you make that sound. That that sound only means one thing, and that is when you see a bull tending with a cow yeah. and kind of nosing around with her, he's glunking. And so you sneak into a herd, and there's no other bull around other than the herd bull, and you make that. That's saying that, hey— that that's only a sound. And what it is, is I'm glunking and I'm not bugling at you. I'm trying to steal a cow. And yep. I've seen that glunk. I've, I've, I've glunked at bulls and seen it work really, really well. But I've also glunked at them and seen them go away. Cause it's a very like, how do you know if, you know, think of it from the bull's perspective, say he's not an aggressive bull. Right. And he's got his cows and all of a sudden there's a glunker in the herd with them. And he's like, oh, crap, I got to go over there and fight. He may not. Yeah. Now, if he's a fighter, he may run your head over. Yeah. You know, he may just come charging over. It's a That's a perfect point. I think there's three elements to glunking that you've got to keep in mind. You've got to keep in mind the temperament of the bull for, to start with. And I, I would believe that you want to use it on more aggressive bulls in my experience and yours as well. I think your distance from the bull and then your timing of when you do it, all three of those things are, are key in glunking or not glunking. So you want to have an aggressive bull, you want to be super close to him, almost infiltrating his herd, and then, and then your timing needs to be right. Number one, because you're making that motion with your, with your hand on the grunt tube, and you can be picked up on and, and see, your movement can be seen. So all of those are, 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 are critical in, in calling a bull in with a glunk. For sure, for sure. Well, Steve, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, it's been awesome. Any any other thing going on with you? Um, you know, anything going on as far as people can order the calls right off your website, uh, chapelguideservice.com. Um, any new videos, any uh, website, anything going on? with what you got going. Yeah, thanks for asking, Jay. I did release Extreme Bulls 8. It's a new DVD. It was released this spring. Um, and it, you know, showcases the hunts from like the last two or three years. Um, it's got a lot of hunts from Arizona, archery hunting, um, rifle hunting. It's got a couple hunts from, from Colorado as well. All of it is during the rut, which is the cool thing. There's a ton of bugling on it, call in after call in on there. I always say that the best teacher for me, at least, when I was new in the, the sport of elk hunting and elk calling, was watching actual hunting videos versus demonstration videos because I feel like demonstration videos can be more canned versus when you watch a hunting video, you're seeing what people actually do when they're in the field in the, in the heat of battle, so to speak. So as a new elk hunter, I paid attention to, okay, what what call were they blowing? Were they cow calling? Were they bugling? Okay, the bull just bugled. 
how many calls did the guy blow back to him and did it work? So I think if you watch these hunting videos as a student rather than just as an observer, you can learn more from them than you can actually learn from a demonstration video is, is, is my feeling on that. So I have that video out and then I also have you know, all the calls on there, they can be purchased individually or in package deals. So, so, you know, anyone can save money if they want to buy multiple calls at the same time. I even have a package with videos and, you know, video included with it. Um, so yeah. And again, um, it, most people, if they're out of state, aren't going to pay tax. They're not going to pay shipping, um, with t orders of $10 or more. So I would encourage anyone that's uh, looking to get into elk calling or just wants to, you know, get their elk calls for the fall to, to go on my website and, and uh, be confident in, in, in getting great elk calls that are proven. So no tax and free shipping, any orders over $10, chapelguideservice.com. You can pick up Extreme Bulls 8 uh, and any of the elk calls that we've talked about. Uh, I can say that uh, uh, the, the elk calls are phenomenal. You're... you're uh, just an unreal caller as you've demonstrated and it's been great uh, watching you progress and it seems like the thing that I really like about you is you could have a long time ago settled back and been a really good caller but it seems like every year you continue to push yourself and make better sounds and that's that's something that's that's awesome because you've been a phenomenal caller for a long time but you get better and better and better um, and, and it's, it's pretty cool to watch all the different sounds and the wide range of, you know, quality that you can produce. Um, and I know the guys that hunt with you, uh, get to see that, uh, on a, you know, on a 14 day basis, whether it's an archery hunt or a seven day rifle hunt or whatever. Um, so it's just awesome. And, uh, thanks for coming on and sharing your knowledge and expertise with us. And I encourage anyone to go definitely check out chapelguideservice.com and check out uh, Steve's YouTube channel. And even though he's saying that the hunting videos are best to watch, I 100% agree. Uh, you also have some phenomenal demonstration um, and instructional videos as well. So Thanks, Jay. Um, yeah, and I, help, I think that helps people learn how to blow the call initially. So that's very important. I shouldn't discount that. You're right. Yeah, but I mean, I also agree with, you know, it's one thing to make great sounds and, you know, uh, we've been doing a real elk sounds, uh, 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 series here on the podcast just so people could listen to, to real sounds of elk. But I think you do bring up a great point about, you know, watching a video like extreme bulls eight, where you can actually see the timing and sequencing, not only of the call structure, but of when to call and when not to call and the different sounds you make compared to what the bull is doing. And there's nothing like that uh, firsthand experience. And, you know, you, you can make great sounds and not call in many bulls, or you can make great sounds and know the timing, which is a whole nother podcast episode yeah. um, of when to call and when not to call and what to do. Um, but, you know, I think first things first, start making great elk sounds, you know, listen to the elk themselves, listen to guys like yourself. Uh, I can easily tell all the listeners that if, if they spend a lot of time listening on your website, uh, they're going to be a better elk hunter. They're going to be a better elk caller. So, uh, buddy, it's been awesome. I'll be praying for you. Uh, be excited to hear how 
your dad does on his hunt and your your different hunters across the state and um just been awesome spending the time here with you and so i don't know when i'll see you because i'm going to be in utah and then send me a picture um, jay <laughs> yeah we'll have to send pictures that's a beautiful thing about uh uh texting and and cell phones yeah. is uh we can send each other photos so uh until until next time buddy god bless all right yeah thank you so much jay thanks for having me on again I, it's a real privilege to be on here i'm a big fan of your podcast and um I'll, I'll be praying for you as well it's nice to have a brother in christ that shares the same passion and um I, I, it's been a great friendship for 20 plus years and um yeah i just really really appreciate you having me on here i've really enjoyed this today thank you so much all right buddy sounds good all right take care thank you take care Guys, I want to thank you for listening to the three-part series with my friend Steve Chapel of ChapelGuideService.com. And I want to remind you that you can go on his website and you can order all of his DVDs, his elk hunting DVDs, the Extreme Bulls series, number one through eight. Uh, you can order them right on his website, as well as all the calls that Steve has demonstrated in this three-part series can be purchased right there on his website, chapelguideservice.com. I want to thank him for spending time with us and really going over the calls. Uh, I know you guys will find value in it. I know I did, and uh, he's just a, a great person, a great elk guide, uh, and a great friend. And uh, guys, I want to thank you for your support of this podcast uh, we just came off our best month ever, the most downloads uh, the podcast has ever had. And um, I just want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for all of the positive comments that you leave uh, on iTunes. I want to thank you for all the great encouraging emails and all the questions and such that I get on my email, uh, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. I want to encourage you that uh, if, if you'd like to send me a question, feel free to. If you've got anything that you want to hear on the podcast, uh, give me a shout. I love to hear from you guys. Uh, also love to see you guys tagging uh, hashtag jscottoutdoors or jscottoutdoorspodcast. Uh, on Instagram. It's always fun to follow you guys and see how well you're doing in this uh, uh, hunting season. So please come find me on Instagram. My new website, jscottoutdoors.com, has links to all of the podcasts, uh, both on Podbean for Android users and iTunes for you, you guys that have Apple products. Uh, you can also link to all my social media Instagram, my Facebook page, uh, the YouTube channel, and uh, it's just been a great three-part series. Uh, elk season is right here in front of us. A bunch of you guys have already shot bulls, and I uh, just uh, look forward to getting out there and chasing elk myself and, and using some of these tips that I learned from Steve. And uh, guys, thanks for all your support, and let's just keep plugging away in this 2016 season. Guys, I almost forgot, uh, right after this, I'm going to play a bunch of Steve Chappell blowing his calls so you can use that to mimic and uh, try and get better with your elk calls. And then following a bunch of series of Steve calling, I'm going to let 
some of the real elk sounds from some of the prior episodes uh, on the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. So you can hear the real elk and you guys can just uh, download these episodes and uh, try and, uh, you know, elevate your elk calling. So I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> 